Hello? Hello? <gasps> it's working! In case you guys don't know, we were supposed to be filming this about like uh, three to four, and then now we are doing it at five because my Wi Fi went down and it was very sad. Very sweet. <laughs> but here we are now! Yay! For episode four, which is called A Little Fan Fiction Never Heard Anyone. Or is that what we decided? That's a really long title. I think we're do a little fan fiction is healthy, but I think oh. never one is very intense and very kind of. It totally seems like something like a middle schooler would say. Do you know, <laughs> be like really edgy, and I feel like that kind of fits what fan fiction is. So we should do that well, let's one. Let's go with that. <laughs> fan fiction never hurt anyone. Uh, <laughs> what do you think it does hurt. It does hurt when you look back on it and you realize what you chose to write and <laughs> it does hurt in a cringy way to be truthful but that's not what we're talking about right now we are pro and <laughs> we are hardcore fan fictioners i don't know if that's what it's called pro fan fiction pro fan fiction um our expertise is an elven fan fiction specifically keeper of the lost cities if anyone's a fan crickets <laughs> <laughs> Okay, pretty much no one has heard about this series, except for, like, a very select few. Whenever we ever catch a glimpse of anyone who may be a fan of this series, we, like, pounce on them, because we're absolutely obsessed with it. As you can tell, because we wrote a 400-page fanfiction that's still not even done. It's not. It's We literally have probably 100 more pages to go and years' worth of editing, but you know what? It's going to be okay. And I also have the idea that our niche okay like it's like I like niche reading and people are like "Ooh, you know maybe she's into like Huckleberry Finn or something like that it's like no we're just in the niche YA fan <laughs> elven literature that is how niche we are like in, you know like a respected intellectual way but in a like a, a nerd way which is okay it's okay we yeah. have a little bit of that in us um but we thought it'd be fun for each of our episodes me and Mel's try to do like intros like fun little tidbits I don't know if they're really that fun but things that we just feel <laughs> totally ourselves in and in this series um all the elves have specific powers <laughs> I feel so Okay, we should make it clear. This isn't actually a YA series. It's more of a series aimed for like 10 to 13 year olds. Just so you know. So it's definitely out of our age range. Mm -hmm. um, In case you couldn't tell already. But anyways... (laughs) No, continue. Yeah. Um, so everyone has a specific power. So they're either telempaths who can read minds, or empaths, or hydrokinetics, or shades, or pyrokinetics, flashers, conjurers, technopaths. Um, I'm just, I got really excited. I feel like I was naming off all the dragons, <laughs> dragon, which I can do. Me and Mel's had a, a competition who can name the most oh my gosh. dragons. I won. Just saying, I won that. Anyways, point being, um, we thought it would be fun to tell you guys which power we thought we would be if we were part of the series before we get into actual helpful, useful information, which is what we <laughs> came here for. So, Mel's, who do you think you'd be? Or what kind of power do you think you'd have if you were in the Keeper of the Lost Cities universe? Well, okay, here's the thing. <laughs> I've discussed this at length. I... I would want to be a hydrokinetic, which is someone who can control water, and she's really dope. She's basically like Elsa with water powers. She's really cool. 
Um, but in reality, I would probably just be an empath, which is like... <laughs> I can feel your pain! <laughs> it's basically the mom friend of Elven... Of, <laughs> of Elven talents. Um, because it's basically someone who can, like, read someone else's emotions. I guess it's useful, but, like, in the grand scheme of things, I would much rather be a hydrokinetic. Oh, yeah. Anyways, what's yeah. yours? Um, I think we discussed that I would probably be, um, a telempath, right? Which is a mind reader or a mind Yeah. That was basically, uh, people who read minds... (laughs) Just, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thank you for the info. <laughs> like, um, I'm trying to think of a way that it could be special. They can basically, in this particular series, the main thing that they do is they kind of can sort through your memories and they can like kind of unravel someone, if that makes sense, which is super scary. Or they can heal someone and put pieces back together. They can go through memories and like kind of figure out stuff, invades. It's like a form of interrogation kind of and therapy at the same time. It can be used either way, which is, you know, that's me. So I feel (laughs) good. Um, But also a little bit of a side note. I don't know if this will come up in this episode, but Mel's and I call each other cognate partners. And basically in the series, Keeper of the Lost Cities, two telempaths who are mentally bound together, like basically they can merge their minds together to create like ultra superpower mode are called cognates and they share everything with each other. They have like no boundaries between them and they have matching reigns. So me and Mel's, did have matching rings. I lost mine. Long story. <laughs> we are called, we call each other cognate partners, if that, anyways. And whenever we like say something in use and we'll go clink as if we're like clinking our rings together, anyways. Wow. Okay. That was, it's really cute to us, but explaining it to the big wide world of podcast internet, it's a little bit embarrassing. And this is officially the longest intro we've ever made. So we should probably get into the, into oh, yeah. the episode. Indeed, indeed. So I think it's your turn, Mouse. Oh, that's right. Okay. This is Letter by Letter. Um, I feel like we know that there is about probably a third of you guys out there who saw this episode and thought, finally, I'm being represented. And then <laughs> two other thirds of you guys are like, hashtag skip. Like, I am not interested in hearing about fan fiction. And I don't blame you. I mean, like, it has a cringy atmosphere to it. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. But there are, and I say this with utter seriousness, there are real reasons why Mel's and I actually think it's important to weave fan fiction into your writing life if you feel like it is something that you are, I don't want to say attracted to as if they're like, <laughs> A person you know if you're into that kind of thing (laughs) you know it's important to us and we've actually found it to be surprisingly beneficial so I don't know if Mel's if you want to share one of the ways that you have found fan fiction to be important to you or how it's helped you out as a writer Um, I think it kind of into our conversation about co-writing a book together which if you've been listening to our previous episodes you know that Aliyah and I actually are writing a real book together um but before that we started this fan fiction and it was the first thing we'd ever written together like ever and I don't think we really went into it thinking like of like how we wanted to improve our writing skills together or like work on a on a 
book together really it was more just for fun pretty much um Mm -hmm. but it actually ended up being really helpful um and it was probably the easiest way to introduce um like co-writing yeah 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 I'm totally blanked on oh. there. <laughs> um, like, this way to introduce, like, merging each other's voices and working together. Yeah, exactly. Because when you're doing a fan fiction, you're not actually writing in your own voice, but kind of mimicking the exact voice of the author you're taking the book from, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Kind of jumping off of that point, I think that, yeah, like, you you each, as a writer, you always say, like, you want to find your unique voice, and I think that's the toughest part about co-writing with someone, is that you each are going to have individually, drastically different tones of writing, and especially me and Mel's, I mean, as we've reiterated so many times, like, I do, I have a very poetic tone, and she has a very much more fantasy storytelling tone, and we had no, we, we loved, we started writing this when we were, like, 12? Yeah, I think, I think, I think it was 12. Yeah, so we were 12. So like, you know, we really wanted to write together, but we were just beginning to kind of discover what our own writing voice was like. And we almost didn't want to have the other person tamper it. I don't know. I kind of felt that way. Like, I just <laughs> wanted to get to in on my groove, you know. So we decided to choose something like Mel said, where we would have to make an author's voice. And also, it's already a story there. So you don't have to fight about what kind of story you want to tell, because it's already like, it's fan fiction. You're retelling a story in the way that you want to, but all the characters, the tone, the setting, the 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 genre is is already there. Also, side point, that's why we chose science fiction horror for monster hunting is because it's a genre that me and Mel's don't actually, neither of us do. And we wanted to have like a, um, we wanted to work together to improve at that rather than have one of us be really good at this one genre and the other one be weak and have that unbalanced from the start. Yeah. Fun. Um, basically what me and Al were talking about a little bit before we started this podcast was the idea that, um, the two of us generally don't get, like, a creative block, like, in general. It's normally, like, if we can't figure out the right words to tell a story, it's normally for that one story, Mm -hmm. which is why we normally have a lot of projects going at the same time. Also why we haven't stopped writing this fan fiction since we were 12 years old is because it's one of the most relaxing ways to be creative because you can kind of explore your own writing tastes and different um, types of description and stuff like that while you're writing a fan fiction and there's like absolutely no pressure on it. And kind of going off of that, I think that... um... Yeah, you don't really get, and I, I, Mel said, like, me and Al don't really experience that, but I think just in general, um, a lot of people who are, you know, seriously creative, like, they would think that's their artistry is part of their everyday life. Everyone has usually an average of, like, three to projects going on at the same time, like, and I think that's because we feel the need to jump around, either that's, like, through reading for a little while, and then going back to writing, or, like, you know, Mel's has her journal she's filling with poetry she has her own book she's writing we have monster hunting we have this podcast we have um the fan fiction and then the book she's illustrating with her sister and then i have my memoir this podcast monster hunting the fan fiction and then i also had this idea for a poetry anthology that i haven't told mel's about yet boom what i know i surprised you with something on the podcast (laughs) finally got you but exciting because I won't delve into it now because it's not the point of my point but it's called Grow Till Tall and I'm really stoked about it anyways 
the point being what? is that you need to talk about this anyways sorry keep going we'll save it for later but I can't. <laughs> so anyways point being is that um the moment that we get stumped in one thing we jump to the other and that totally replenishes us and i think for fan fiction I kind of see it as similar to scoring to a film. And I'm going to keep on quoting him, Ryan O'Neill, the scene of For Sleeping At Last. He said that scoring to film, writing music for a film is so relaxing because you get immediate feedback, because you can immediately tell if that one piano note is wrong because it doesn't match the visual and you're not daunted by the blank page or, you know, the blank measures what, you know, music, how that works. <laughs> So I think that writing is very much the same way with fan fiction. You don't have a blank page. Like I said, everything is already set up for you. And it's kind of like a playground, you know? So yeah, relaxing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so basically the way that we went about writing this fan fiction, the reason it started um, was basically because the story wasn't going the way we wanted it to go as we were reading and we wanted these like certain people to end up together and it just wasn't happening yet it was taking a long time and so we just decided to take things into our own hands um (laughs) we're controlling okay (laughs) (laughs) um the author of the series is shannon messenger we love her um we really don't mean to trash her in this episode we really want to point out the good things that she does but guys there's some problems i mean (laughs) how do we say this um okay so here's the main issue is that and this has nothing it's not her fault and it's actually a great thing but and we'll get into this the next episode the importance of outlining but for right now what happened is is that her series which was originally planned to be three books long, and then it be- they became so popular, it got sent to five books, and then nine books. And so that's great for her. Love the popularity. Us, as part of the fandom, of course, are super supportive of that. I don't know where I'd be if I didn't have those books to read every November. They're literally, like, better than Christmas to me. <laughs> but the sad part is, is that when you write a story that's made to be three books long, and you stretch it into nine books long, there's going to be a whole bunch of useless information and <laughs> rabbit holes and just unfinished plot lines and confusion for like the five books in the middle that weren't supposed to exist. So that's where me and Mel saw the biggest complications. And I think we were on the third book when it was um, when we started this fan fiction. And that's why that was when it started to get wonky. And that's when we saw that need to get in there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, what else can you say other than the fact that she's writing book eight and a half right now? I've never, never been part of a fandom that has half of a book. No, yes, there's no, she was supposed to, yeah, so technically there's going to be 10 books because she's repeating book eight, but with extra stuff, but not calling it book nine. It's like, <laughs> of the other eight books because it's gotten so confusing that no one in the fandom remembers like the foreshadowing she did in book three so we have to like do a recap of everything so anyways not to ramble on too much about this series that only a few people can relate to but I guess the final point that we try to make about fan fiction is that it's a way for you to recognize I don't want to say errors, but maybe places that a book is lacking and you get to improve on that and expand on that and help 
fix that. And then that makes you better at recognizing when those kinds of plot holes or vacancies happen in your own writing and you know how to fix them because you've already done it for someone else. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, Basically, when we started. Oh, also fun side note. Um, The night that we started this fan fiction, first of all, it was Halloween night. um, And some of you. Wait, what? Said epic. <laughs> Thank you for that. Anyways, <laughs> some of you already know that Halloween is uh, a big tradition for the two of us. We watch Monster House and it's a great time. We all. Um, <laughs> wait, what? We don't just watch Monster House. We dress up as DJ and Chowder. We didn't mention True. that. Last, but I we dress up that. as them every year for the past four or five years. We've been dressing up as DJ and Chowder. Okay, I'm going <laughs> to. Continue on. Um, And I think it was Halloween weekend when you were over and we decided to write the fan fiction. (laughs) And then at the same night, um, Aaliyah's family came over to pick her up from the sleepover and I got to meet her brother Reynold for the first time right after he was adopted. Yes, that's true. We adopted him in October and Mel's had never met him before. He was eight years old at the time and I was... 12 13 years old so that was it was an epic night the fan fiction holds a lot of good memories it started at a monumental time and it will carry us through monumental times <laughs> anyways i guess honestly that kind of is a perfect segue i feel like every time i've switched out delve perfect segue perfect segue. <laughs> perfect segue into kind of co-writing and what that looks like because it has carried us through for so long and I've gotten some questions about, like, actually what it looks like when we co-write together, because I feel like it's a very rare relationship to have with someone. Um, so, I don't know, Mel, do you want to start breaking down exactly how we outline together and what that looks like? Um, yeah, for the fan fiction, at least, there's not really a foreseeable end <laughs> to the story, at least when we started it. Um, so we would outline about 10 to 15 chapters roughly of where we wanted to take the story and then we would divide the chapters between the two of us um and as we wrote we kind of figured out who was better at describing the mindset of certain characters or certain groups um and then it was much easier to divide the chapters between the two of us yeah Uh, yeah I was gonna say also um one of the important things was that like how we divide the chapters and how we gauge those I think I'm just going to insert something about monster hunting right now we did a exercise kind of where the two of us had to write a scene with all the characters in them and then when we did that we didn't tell each other what kind of scene to choose or how to use the characters we just said just put them all in there and we'll see who got the voice better and so one of the big things we found out was like Mel's chose a really light-hearted fun arcade scene and I chose them finding out that the dad goes missing so like immediately you know one of us gravitated towards the intense emotional moments and one of us gravitated towards like the fun action storytelling part which you know sh- shocker not really but like well <laughs> there and then we also saw who was better at dialogue and who was better at like description and all those different things and also important for a fan fiction is ships meaning like the relationships who you ship together and I think we divided those off of who was more passionate about who <laughs> like it wasn't that write them better it was just that like I was a huge Sophie Fitz fan you were a huge Keefe and Bianca fan so we just merged them together and we just knew that like 
I just remember Mel being like, oh, I want that one. I want that one. <laughs> I gave it to you. And you gave it to me, and that's how we did it. Um, but yeah, just a little bit of insight there. Yeah. Um, we've also gotten a few questions about what we disagree about and how we handle, um, I wouldn't say arguments. We never really fight that often. And if we do, it's over something pretty stupid. Um, what the real definition of a few minutes is. Um, (laughs) but in terms of writing, we've had a few disagreements and we just wanted to let you know how we solved them. One of the more recent uh, disagreements that we had was while we were writing mon- Monster Hunting. Um, it was pretty early on in the process, and we were really trying to figure out a title for it. And <laughs> I don't remember if Aaliyah sent me a text or a video of her explaining her great new idea for the title of our book, which was called Beach House. Um <laughs> Okay, to be fair, this 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 part of the podcast, I said that Mel's could tell the beach house story and I could tell, I don't want to name it yet, but her embarrassing story. <laughs> yeah. So if you hear me be really silent, it's not because I'm not like dying laughing on the floor. I literally am. I just, we promised to give each other the floor to explain because we know the other person wanted to interrupt a lot, which I just did, but just, I want to <laughs> preface. Okay, go. Yeah. Um. Anyways, just some context for this title that she came up with. At the end of Monster House, um, let's see, how do I explain this? Basically, there's this really funny line where Chowder, who in our story is named Arnie, uh, he says this line uh, that Mr. Nebercracker will find a new beach house, which makes more sense if you watch a movie. Anyways, that joke does not land on this podcast. (laughs) Okay. It would take too long to explain. Um, Anyways, she said, since in our book, the the place where everyone ends up basically is was originally going to be a beach house. She saw the connection between the beach house in the book and the funny beach house line in the movie that the book was based off of. And so she was like, wouldn't it be amazing if we called our book Beach House? And I just kind of, like, sat there, like, nodding along a little bit, um, kind of waiting for her to give her a spiel. The thing is, whenever we disagree about something, we either have to explain it to the other person, or we have to, if the explanation doesn't work, we decide that we need to write a chapter or a little, like, blurb or something that helps get the point across. Hmm. Um, and so I waited for her to explain this because I was confused and she said she said think about it if Stephen King wrote a horror novel called Beach House everyone would go crazy like people would love it and I was like Leah I mean this in the nicest way possible but we're you're not Stephen King like this doesn't work <laughs> um and I think eventually we got the point across. Mm-hmm. So I think it all worked out fine. Yeah, we say that we give each other the space to explain, the space to write it out as a way to justify, but really we're just waiting for the person to realize that it's an awful idea. <laughs> talking about awful ideas, this one is fan fiction related and it's a story about Melissa. So um, basically 
um mel's okay we were at a we were at a ruts or rut <laughs> i always say ruts anyways point b we were at a ruts in our fan fiction where we wanted to take it to a new emotional level and we really wanted to have these two characters become like a couple but we didn't know how to do that in a natural way so Melissa's idea of a natural way was this. She, she called me up one day and she was like, Aaliyah, I, I found the best idea. And I was like, what? And she was like, skitterbugs. And I was like, please explain. So basically Mel's idea was that the girl should fall ill with a disease <laughs> skitterbugs. And then the boy should be at her dying bedside, and that's when they become, they heal together, and, and that's when they their relationship blooms. Which, okay, <laughs> we, the Fault in Our Stars had come out around that year, I think. We were in, we loved the idea of, like, you know, those, like, moments by the bedside holding someone's hand as, like, telling them to live on. Like, her actual description of the scene was authentic and emotional and I could see where it was going but we were going to create an entire disease that would mysteriously only affect one person (laughs) group in order to justify this relationship which okay no joke though um that actually happened in the real series two of the people got injured and were stuck in a hospital that's true (laughs) yes I guess I shouldn't judge but Needless to say, Mel's was explaining this, and this is kind of what what I would say about differences. We have what is called a veto power, which is basically like, I never realized that Beach House was a bad idea. Mel's never realized Skitterbugs was a bad idea. We just said no to each other. We were like, we're not going to do that. And the other person was like bummed, but it was okay. And I think that's because we're best friends and... Like we said in the last episode, we're best friends before we're writers together. And I think we don't, in our hearts, we don't want to write anything that the other person isn't excited about. Because what makes this fun is that the other person wants to do it with us. And the moment we disagree on something, the moment that that magic that's really making the story push and move along, it's gone. Which is really dramatic, but like, (laughs) it's actually true. Like, if you didn't like the title of the book... I wouldn't want to call it that, even if I felt it in my gut that that was what it should be. Like, having you there with me and being supportive with me is what makes it so fun. And so I would just be like, yeah, Beach House is so lame. You know what I mean? Like, I'd kick it to the curb. So <laughs> I did. And now we have monster hunting, which is so much better. But anyways. Yeah. Also, we- also, both of us are Enneagram 2s, so we're really good at compromise. And disagreements normally end pretty well for us. They do. They do. And I would also say that, like, the longer you work together, like we said, 400 pages, starting when we were 12, we are 17 now, five years into this, we pretty much have a very good picture together. Like, we think as one now. When we enter the document, we have the same idea of who these characters are, where we want them to go. The, the disagreements become less and less the longer you are together. And I think that's just kind of natural. That's how a lot of relationships work. And it's the same with writing. So, Yeah, which is why we're cognates. What? <laughs> oh, we totally forgot to mention this. I like totally forgot. So when we, going back to when we outlined the chapters, which we didn't even talk about. Well, we did oh, talk about yeah. I was gonna say that um, we also got a question on like how we organize all our work because as you've been hearing 400 pages what, <laughs> that's gonna take forever to download it does 
we would like to say that we're organized and we have this cool new equipment on our computer that makes it so it's there in seconds. We don't. We just wait for five minutes for the whole thing to load. Sometimes, <laughs> and that's just how it is. But um, for in terms of outlining, what we actually do is if we are in person, I will write it down in a journal and then we'll outline there and then I'll take photos and send it to Mel and she'll write it down in her journal and we'll both have it there. But if we are apart and we can't meet up for a long period of time, but it's time to do that epic meet up together and do the big outline of the chapters, we'll do what's called chapter convos. So if Mel's, if you want to talk about what chapter convos are. Oh, yeah, basically, um, I think we kind of started this by accident, but we just scrolled down to the end of the Google Doc and um, we would talk to each other there just by like writing on the doc. If you look back at it, it's like no one else would be able to read it but us because like we're like interrupting each other and like the lines are like going crazy. But anyways, um, we went down there and we would talk about either the fan fiction or we would just talk like we would on the phone but over the computer and more often than not we found ourselves we found ourselves outlining in the chapter convos and we would maybe come up with an idea or something and if the other person didn't get it or if we were really excited about it we would start writing the conversation right then and we would write that scene out a little bit and it was really fun to like be able to literally write with each other like if I couldn't figure out how to end a sentence well, she would just like come in and put her cursor there and like finish the sentence. It was so cool. It was. It was like honestly like people are saying like magical moments and it's still <laughs> really dorky to say, but like there is very few feelings that I've got. Like when you're at that point where you can just almost like a game of like relay race, just take the baton from someone and continue running with it. Like it's so much fun. And then the other person takes it from you. You're like, go on and you pass it. <laughs> but that's like, you know, I'm, you, you know what I mean? So that was really great. And um, what we would do is that suddenly we have legit, I'm not joking, some nights it would be 10 pages long, 11 point font of us talking and there's like rumors about our personal lives and there's like prayers and there's like all this drama about like our, you know, things and then suddenly it'll suddenly flip to like, and then what does Dex do once he get his elven back? <laughs> Like, oh, okay. So we'll basically copy that whole thing and we'll put it in a separate doc called Chapter Convos and we'll make sure to put like a big header with something like a keyword like, oh, part one or a ballroom scene of the particular parts of the book that we actually end up getting to. And then that huge document um, of all our conversations that we've ever had then has a bunch of tidbits of outlines that are easy to find, tidbits of um, dialogue that we can use later on when those when we come to writing those scenes and then also it's a really good documentation of what we were doing when we were 12 and what our lives were like because we also <laughs> have that written there too so it's it's really a um, it's an emotional roller coaster going back yeah. in there because it's basically like reading a diary that we shared I guess <laughs> It's yeah. really disconcerting sometimes. <laughs> Indeed it is. Indeed it is. But anyways, yeah, I feel like that's, I think those basically all like the main points that we had on fan fiction and why we write it a little bit more on co-writing and what that looks like. Um, I just also would like to say, and Mel's can please jump on and interrupt me and add on to this, but it's so much fun. Like, <laughs> It literally has been such, I guess I'm a very, like, like Mel said, I'm a very, uh, 
uh, I write with a message and I write about my personal life a lot of the time. And I don't actually get to use writing a lot as a way to get out of my head or as a way to jump into a story or another world, because those just usually aren't the things I read and that I write. And I think that writing this fan fiction has made it writing has reminded me that writing is supposed to be fun and it's supposed to be liberating and it's supposed to be a little bit like childhood, I guess, which I feel like in my genre of writing of poetry and creative nonfiction, I can lose that a lot. So especially if it's not something you'd like to do or you feel like you would want to do, do it, I guess, <laughs> is my thing. I don't know, Miles, do you have any like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like fan fiction writing is the closest form of writing you can get to reading <laughs> so if you're a big reader and you want to maybe become a writer definitely start with fan just like even if it sucks just try it out it's so much fun because like why wouldn't you want to invent a new story for your favorite character especially if the series is done like everyone has the power to keep stories going do you know what i mean whoa that was deep and <laughs> <laughs> i felt that <laughs> so it, I think okay I think it teaches you one of the best things which is um when you write not to write for an audience and I think that okay that sounds kind of weird how those two things would connect but I was just thinking about it and I was like Mel's and I know no one's going to read this fan fiction except for the two of us you know what I mean because they can't it can't be printed it would be insanely copyrighted so when you write fan fiction you're not really worried about what people are thinking or if your ideas are being judged. You really can do anything that you want. And then if you start off with fan fiction and then move to your own writing, you're just used to going down, sitting by your computer and just saying what you want and not thinking about what people are telling you to do. And I think that's just a beautiful thing to get into your head and to exercise before you actually go and start doing your own thing. Yeah. Who would have thought our fan fiction episode would be the most emotional and touching one yet? I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Oh, wait, can we tell people what it's called? What What's called? That, what our fan fiction's called. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, wait, I kind of want to end this. Okay, okay. I, I was going to say, I so our fan fiction is called Project Moonlark. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, 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 we didn't. Oh, my gosh, wait, wait, How did we forget about this? When I said Project Moonlark, it totally snapped back into my memory. Okay, when we write, we write under pseudonyms. <laughs> <laughs> just for the fan fiction so mel's is called moonlark and i am called swan song <laughs> okay oh my gosh we do that because again it actually really helped us we i think we said it originally because we didn't want to think about it as us writing in our own writer's voice so we used a like a pseudonym name that was like from the series just to make it feel like we were like getting in a different headspace and so that's why we did it that way um but we decided to call it project moonlark because if you read the series that's the main girl she's genetically modified anyways she was called <laughs> project moonlark and we were like hey this is a type of project that's kind of fun and it was supposed to be our like filler name and then four years later we we're like dude we can't change it now so it's just called project <laughs> Moonlark, and that's just what it is um so yeah fun times oh fun also time. we should explain our our next episode before we forget oh right because we forgot last time and we yeah. had to re i don't know if you could tell by the major shift in audio that we had to redo that part <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, oh my gosh, I love Mel's. Please start out, explain the title, why we did it. Oh, I'm so stressed. <laughs> okay. Um, another one of our kind of obsessions that we freak out about in our friendship is radically different than Keeper of Velocities. But, anyways, uh, it's a comedian named John Mullaney. He's hilarious and he has a lot of funny illustrations. Um, and one of our favorites is um, that he's basically explaining how some people go too big too fast, as in when you're writing a happy birthday sign and you write your, your giant H and your giant A, and then you have to like squeeze in the last two P's and the Y, and then you do the same thing for birthday. Anyways, it's a lot funnier when he explains it, trust me. <laughs> I was gonna be like, wow, you're really, <laughs> really making me fall on the floor of your mouth. <laughs> no, um, but, um, the point is that as we were <laughs> discussing titles and kind of themes for episodes, I said, you know, John Mulaney gives really good writing advice. And Mel's like, what? No, no, he doesn't, Aaliyah. Like, try to tie it in. She was saying, try to explain, try to justify, reading back to a prior point we had. So then I was like, well, you know, if you think about it, going too big, too fast, kind of like saying, like, I know how big letters should be. That's almost the attitude we have before outlining or when we're saying we shouldn't outline, like, I know how character development should go. I know how long chapters should be. I know what this person looks like. I don't need you to tell me. I don't need to plan it. I don't need to sketch it. And then you get into the middle and you're like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> it just is like all going to pieces. And um, we felt like that was really appropriate for what it feels like when you realize that you have to outline and you were stupid for not outlining and you have to like, <laughs> you know, do that noodle Y, which is kind of like the version of, I don't know, doing like really intense foreshadowing or just bringing something up in the middle that was supposed to be planted at the beginning, but you're like, well, hopefully no one will notice this intense character change putting <laughs> that in there. So anyways. So in case you haven't, oh, sorry. Oh, no, go, 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 go. Oh, just in case you haven't figured it out yet, episode five is about outlining. <laughs> so there you go <laughs> there you go and it's called we've all written a happy birthday sign and that is the title um we'll probably have to change it to happy birthday sign but hopefully our committed listeners will already know what that means by the time <laughs> so that would be great um yeah that's kind of it i think for this episode oh this one was so much fun i, had... I know it went so fast it did it did anyways we got to sign off now. Okay. Bye. Piglet Jib. Piglet What? Well, I just was like, all right. We got to sign off now. <laughs> it was just so dumb. <laughs> oh, wait, dude. Uh, wait, can we do our, um, I know you're always like, Aaliyah, why do you always want to incorporate things from our friendship in here? But I feel like in <laughs> fiction episode, we have to do cognates. Ready? Oh, yeah. Cognates. Telepathy. Clink. Clink. Can I right, bro. your mind? <laughs> Piglet's in. Piglet's in. <laughs>